Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Righteousness is going to be a key to covenant position. Because if you don't understand your righteousness, you're going to feel void of the ability to walk in covenant with God. So that's why Jesus did away with sin once and for all. Because if you have a sin consciousness, your covenant enforcement is going to kind of be tainted because I'm not going to really have the consciousness of righteousness. And without the consciousness of righteousness, covenant gets kind of, kind of, kind of blurry. Is that all right? It gets a little blurry until you know you're righteous. Now, you're not righteous because of what you did. You're righteous because of what you believe. It's really important. You got to get that because it kind of gives you the boldness. That's why I said in Hebrews, you said enter in, the whole, enter, in, enter in boldly because you can't enter in boldly if you got a consciousness of sin. Okay, so let's read Ephesians chapter 2. I think it's good we kind of rebuild this, and we'll talk about it. We talked about it a little bit. We'll keep talking, okay? Look at this. Now watch this. Now this is big. So this is, we were, at, we were without Christ. We were aliens of the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenants of promise, and we had no hope. And without God in the world. How many of you know that's bad? You're in a mess, okay? But now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes afar off are made nigh because of the blood of Christ. So Jesus' blood has brought us into covenant agreement, amen? Now, this, why is it important? A covenant was a blood transfer, okay? It's cutting, a, a shedding of blood, okay? Very important. You remember when, remember when Adam sinned? And Adam said, now watch this. Adam sins in Genesis 3, and when Adam sins, everybody with me? When Adam sins in Genesis 3, he's naked, okay? So he has a consciousness of sin, because he ate of a tree that he should not have eaten of in sin. Well, what does he do the minute he sees he's naked? He covers himself. He makes fig leaves and covers himself. Okay? When God finds Adam in the garden, he calls him to him and says, Adam, where are you? Adam was afraid because he was naked. And he told God, he said, I'm afraid because I was naked. I heard your voice, and now your voice is freaking me out. Jesus sees him and goes, bro, we got a problem. Why? You can't cover yourself with a fig leaf and what? take away the reproach that you brought upon yourself. So God actually slain the animals and gave him a coat of skin with the shedding of blood to make him actually almost really be able to be almost received by God by the shedding of blood in that moment, even though God kicked out of the garden. So the whole thing starts right there, okay? So God even tells him, that's why Cain and Abel, I tell you the whole problem with that thing, man, I've never seen this like this. I didn't understand what that was all about because, you know what, I understood it, but there had to be more to it. Because you got to get this. Cain and Abel, the whole thing was what? What was the object of this, right? He says, look, let's go to, Gen- go to Genesis here. You want to see something? Then we'll go back over here. This will be good for you. Because he said, your sacrifice is unacceptable unto me because it was of the ground. Okay? But you know what? They gave stuff of the ground before. You know that? Right? So I don't know. You know what it was? It wasn't the, it wasn't the first. He gave, him, he gave him what was left over. God didn't, you know why God rejected, you want to know why he rejected the offering? I'm going to read it to you in a minute. You want to know why? It wasn't the first. It wasn't the first. Even though it should have been blood, but it wasn't the first offering. And God don't take what's left over. He wants the best. And he even tells him, he said, sin's lying at the door to overtake you. That's like, just like, that's like fancy stuff that you don't need to know about. But you got to understand something about God. God's got to order. You understand? God wants order. That's why your first fruit's important. Because you can't be just bringing God what's left over. Amen? You want to see it? Look, 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 look. 
check it out. Go to go to go to uh, go to Genesis chapter four. I didn't even tell you that. Sorry. Um, watch this. Go to Genesis four and one. You want to see this? It's good for you to see this. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said to him, "I've gotten a man of the Lord." Right now, watch this. Keep going. And she again bore her brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Three. And in the process of time it came that Cain brought forth the fruit of the ground and offering to the Lord. Amen? Right? And we all got, we all got schooled on you shouldn't bring an offering to ground because it should be a blood sacrifice. It should be a blood sacrifice. But you got to understand something. They would bring sacrifices of the earth before. They would bring, they would bring gifts to God. Amen? Offerings. Reason why he got in trouble because it wasn't the first. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's why first fruit's important. God got on them. Now watch this. Take this out, verse 4. Keep going. Thank you. And Abel also brought the firstling of the flock of the, of the fact thereof, and the Lord had respect in the Abel's offering because he brought the best. Amen? You got to bring your best, okay? Now watch verse 5. Just keep going. But Cain and his offering, God did not have respect, and he was mad, and his countenance fell. So he gets mad. Watch this, though. I love verse 6. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you wroth, and why is your countenance falling? He said, why are you getting all mad and messed up? Watch verse 7. If thou does well, shall thou not be accepted. He said, look, he said, you didn't bring me the right offering. And it wasn't just the offering of blood. He didn't bring him the first. Amen? Hebrew tradition will tell you that. It wasn't the first. You understand what I'm saying? You bring the first, God accepts it. God don't take no jacked up offering. He wants the best. But watch, I love this. And if thou has done well, watch, he said, sin's lying at the door and its desire is to have rule over you. Okay? He said, change it. If you fix it, you could change it. You know what he says? I ain't changing it. Watch verse 8. He's stubborn. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and he came to pass. They were in the field. That Cain rose up and what? He slew his brother. Now, here's the thing you got to get. Now, you got to get this. Hebrews even talks about this. He says this. He said, when Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and he slew him. You know what? Abel's blood's been screaming out forever. It's been screaming out for justice. Amen? And Jesus' blood, what, brought remission and brought what? Brought, brought basically, what, basically what it did was it, it brought for me and you forgiveness. Amen? So what are you saying? That's why you always give God the best. But God, what happened with Adam? He said, you got to cover your sin. And the only way to cover your sin isn't going to be wearing a fig leaf, buddy. It's going to be wearing a blood. you got to be having the shedding of blood or the, for the remitting of sins. That's why Jesus' blood was the only way for me and you to get in covenant with God. Without blood, we can't get in. Okay? So there had to be the shedding of blood. Very important now. Now, why am I important about this? Because I don't want to get into all this technical stuff because then it gets all, it gets too much. And it's like, well, what's that got to do with me? I'm going to show you Ephesians chapter 2. We were, we, we, we were drew nigh because of the blood of Jesus. That means we got a covenant with God. Now, the covenant we got with God is not based upon anything that we wanted or anything we understood, but everything that God wanted and everything God understood. So that means that I'm accepted in this covenant not based upon what I've done, but based upon what I believe. That's very important, okay? Now, I know I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some of this, but watch this. But now you're in Christ who was sometimes afar or made nigh by the blood. So the blood of Jesus gets me in, keeps me there, Okay? And you can't undo what the blood did. Now keep going, verse 14, we're going to read. For he is our peace who had made both one and broken down the middle wall of partition. There ain't no partition no more. Amen? There's no separation is what he's saying. You've been made nigh by the blood. Okay? Now if the blood of Jesus brought you in, how in the world the blood of Jesus, having abolished in the flesh the what? The enmity. Even the law of commandments, what? Contained in order to make him what? Of the, himself of the two, one new man. So there was two, right? 
okay? He made one. You're one with the Lord. You're in the body, okay? How do you do that? By ripping down the middle partition. Keep going. We're going to read all the way. And that he might reconcile both into God. Reconcile who? Jew and Gentile. That's me and you. How is he going to reconcile us? What does reconcile mean? Put back together. You got a marriage that's, they make reconciliation, they come back together. He had to reconcile. How in the world we get lost? Adam. You were in the family, man. Adam's sin separated us from God. You were born in sin. Were you there? No, you weren't there. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do it. I would have smacked Adam in the head. What are you doing, dude? God told you not to eat at a tree, ding dong. What's the matter with you? I'm, wouldn't you have? Adam, put the thing down. Stop listening to her and pay attention to me, boy. Smack him in the head. Wouldn't you? God said don't eat it at. He don't know what he's doing. I don't know. That joker was supposed to be walking with God in the cool of the day and knew who God was. He's dense. He didn't know who God was. You know, I said that a long time ago. If Adam knew who God was, why did he believe what the devil said? I ain't going to listen to you. If you tell me God don't heal, I say, you don't know what you're talking about. See, that's what happens. You got to understand some of this stuff. There is something about understanding God that nobody can take that revelation away from you, but you have to get that cultivated based upon beliefs. You have to form those on your own. Otherwise, people tell you anything, you believe it. Look at this. That he might what? Reconcile both unto who? God in one body on the cross, having slain the enmity thereof. What does it mean? He took the penalty on him so he could take it off of you. Come on. And came and preached peace unto you, which were what? Afar off, and then them that were nigh. What do you mean peace? What was the whole thing? Peace on earth, goodwill toward man. That's the good news of the gospel. You got peace now with God. Woo, come on, somebody. Watch this, 18. Here we go. For though, what? For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Watch 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of Oh, come on. You seeing it? You see it? And are now and are built upon the foundation of the apostle Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Did you pull that in? So we part of the family of God. Now, okay, yeah, I know I'm part of the family of God, Pastor Chris. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. You got to get something here. The promises are the covenant, and the covenant has the power to cause the promises to come to pass. See, God's promises are easy when you know you got covenant. See, this we got to, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Hush your mouth. You're the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Stop talking goofiness about you. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't care. Baloney. You're the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Don't identify yourself with that. No more. We all know. Because it's, but I'm telling you, it's not something you say, oh, no, you got to understand. We're, if he didn't want to get in covenant with me, then he should have never made it. He's the greater, I'm the lesser. When he came into covenant, he said, I want, I want this for you. So that means once he cut a deal with us, and I got news for you, you cut this deal with him when you got born again. Yes, you did. You entered into covenant with him. And now what he said, well, he, you, who's backing up these promises? God. What's backing up these promises? His covenant with you. Last time I checked, if he don't keep his end of the deal, now listen, here's where you mess yourself up. You better hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Because the only way you can mess this up is like the children of Israel did. They had a covenant with God, and God wanted to take them into the promised land. But what did they do? They murmured. They complained. 
They got jacked up. They started saying something different than God. They got an evil report. And God said, you're going to fall dead outside the promised land that I gave you. So now here's the key for the New Testament church, me and you. Do not disagree with what the word of God says. Just say what he says about your situation. Because once your mouth says something different than that word, guess what? You're on the other side of what the covenant says. I'm telling you, the pressure is on your mouth to get you to say something different than what God said. That's how you don't want to undo it with your mouth. You understand that? Don't talk, don't talk lack. Don't. Why is confession so important? Confession is the most important thing me and you have because it produces identification with God's covenant agreement. And you say something different than God said, you got an evil report. And the minute you do that, it's a problem with children of Israel. He said, look, I'm trying to take you to land. Remember I told you about them spies? Them spies were not, man, my God in heaven. Did you get that week? I don't know who was here. I'm telling you, right? Them spies, look, God, I'm telling you, listen to me. You got to trust me here. Listen to me. I told you this, and you, you, you heard me, some of you that were here. God never even told you to see it. You better believe it. He told, the, he told the leaders, he said, you, he told them, listen, man, he told the children of Israel, he said, you sit here and just chill out. They were in bondage. When he went to go get Moses, when he rose Moses up to go redeem them up out of Egypt, you know what he heard? He heard their voice crying out to him to want to be delivered. The only reason why Moses got rose up because the children of Israel were crying out for deliverance from the slavery they were trapped in. Are you here? They were trapped in slavery. They cried out to God. They didn't even know who God was. They just cried out to God. God said, go send the delivery. That's right. Lifted up a Moses and put Moses into a situation. And I got news for you. Moses wasn't even really, was not really cultured for the moment, but he stepped into the moment because he was messed up because when he was supposed to be there, he's killing people, burying them in the sand, and that joker's wandering around for 40 years like everybody else because he doesn't understand the timing of the mission. That's why when you think you're ready, you're not ready. Everybody, just sit and incubate a little longer. You'll be ready when God pulls you out. You know what I'm saying? So just go slow. So anyway, so Moses comes and wants that. He leaves the children of Israel up to pull them out. You seeing it? Now watch this. He said, look, now you got to get this, man. He said, I'm sending you to a land. He told the spies in the land, he said, go and spy the land and come back and tell the people what you see. You understand that? You ain't even really, all you got to do is believe what I tell you. See, people don't understand this. That's what prophetic that's why prophetically you need to pay attention. And I know you are. Just believe what I tell you because you ain't going to see it. But when I say it, you'll see it. That's how God did. He said, he, just, listen, this, this sounds almost, this can almost sound almost, um, almost like, what you trying to say, Pastor Chris? Don't want God want me to see it? No, sometimes God wants you to see what I see. So he told him, he said, you go see and come back and tell the people what you see and the people will believe you. They come back with a stupid report. Remember? George, remember they come back, what they say? We, we, we see giants in the land. We see wall cities. Joseph, man, my God, Joseph. I'm all jacked up right now, right? Caleb, Caleb, Caleb and Joshua got mad, like, shut your mouth. Shut up. Don't tell those people that. We're well able. Be quiet. That's too late now. Three and a half million people done believed the wrong report. Jesus, God said you got an evil report. Die. Man, you know why? You know, how would a nice God... Kill a bunch of people outside the promised land. You know what happened? They killed themselves. Yes, they did because that curse is in the earth. And every time you say what the curse says, you get the reward of the curse. Don't say it. 
Caleb and Joshua said, we're, they were quaking in their boots. We're well able. You don't think they had a little bit of like, hey, I don't know. They had the spirit of faith, though. You understand what I'm saying? He said, we can do this thing. You got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Just say what God says. Because if you say something different, you got an evil report. Once you get it, this is why I'd rather cuss like crazy than not you say what God said, say what God said. You know what I'm saying? What I mean by that is this. I don't want you cussing, you know what I'm saying? But you get what I'm saying. Like, don't say what, say what God said, man. But I just want to, I got feelings. Tell your feelings shut up. Your feelings are goofy. And you know what's crazy about your feelings? I can change what you feel. I told you, if I, tell, if I could change what you think upon, I could change how you feel. Ah, feelings. Whoa, whoa, feelings. No, shut your feelings up. Look, you can feel, but you cannot let your feel. Look, here, you're going to say something really good. You ever somebody tweet this? You can feel, but you can't let feelings enter your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You can feel, you can feel. I'm happy, I'm sad. Great. Just don't tell nobody. Because once you start getting out your mouth, next thing going to be is unbelief and doubt. It's coming. So I love you. I understand you got to feel, but go tell God what you feel in your prayer time and go tell your friends what the word of God says. Come on, I'm telling you, look right here. I'm telling you, listen to me. You tell God. Our God's big enough for your nonsense. But don't go telling all your goofy friends. Because you know what they do? They confirm your goofiness. And then what happens next? Now everybody goofy. I don't say that in a mean way, you know what I'm saying? But if you like, oh, you know, you start getting negative. Negative will find negative, won't it? Come on, won't it? Come on, I do it too. Oh, so-and-so's crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. Five more people think they're crazy. By the time you got eight people talking about one person's crazy, and half the eight people with you are crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we can find them, can't we? Right? Or what? Or built upon the foundation of God. Now, we got to go to this other scripture. Now, you seen this? What do you want them to do? He wanted them to bring back the report of the Lord and then give it to the people. When he gave it to the people, the people would say what they saw, and when they seen it, they'd get it. Why is that so important? Because God wants you to see what he sees in this covenant agreement. Now, go to Galatians chapter 3, because this goes right there. You all right? So we ain't aliens no more. And your sin can't separate you from God. That's why it's so important. Look at this. Galatians chapter 3. You all right? And he's down? Watch this down, right? Um, let's just look at Galatians 3. Um, man, I tell you what. I really got to start with like 6. Is that okay? Can I give you, can you go over there? Just write these down. Galatians 3 and 6. Okay, you ready for this? Even as Abraham did what? Believe God and it was what? Counted him for righteousness. Now, why is righteousness so important? Because until you have a righteous understanding of who you are, you're going to not enforce covenant rights right. You're going to feel less than. Well, I know why God didn't do it for me because I'm a sinner. No, you ain't no sinner. I know why God didn't do it for me. No, no, no. God's going to do everything he said in that book. Write this down. The faith you put in the covenant is the response, the level of it. You understand it? If you think God contractually comes through every once in a while, he'll come through every once in a while. If you think God contractually comes through three-quarters of the time, three-quarters of the time. But if you go, look, dude, God, if you tell, it's the level of where you meet the covenant on your side is the level he's going to meet the covenant on his side. That's what it says, and that's what I do. Get it? Once you get like that, God's like, the level you put it is the level I'm playing it. Because he ain't backing up on it. Now, I got news for you. He, when, it, when it don't look like it's working, we didn't work it. We didn't stand there. You stand there and say what the Bible says. Now, watch this. 
Even so, Abraham believed God, or even as Abraham believed God, and it was what? Accounted him what? Righteousness. Now, you got to understand something, right? You got to understand something here. Remember Romans chapter 4? Imputed righteousness. Remember that? Remember, was that like 420 something? Go here, keep your hand there, and we'll go to Romans real quick, all right? Do that like little flippy thing. Ready? You, you ready for this? Now, you got to see this now. Go to Romans. Amen? Romans 4. Just stay right there. It's like Romans 426 or something like that. It's not even 26 verses in the thing. It's 422. Okay? Okay? Now, go to Romans 420. And therefore, it was what? Imputed. What's imputed mean? Put into him. And therefore, it was imputed. He's talking about Abraham. Abraham believed God when he could. It was imputed. Everybody say imputed. It was made. Romans, Romans says what? He was made. He was made what? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Woo! Come on. Come on. You got that? Well, look, 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 look. Flip, flip real quick. Go to Romans. Go to Romans chapter 5. Just real quick. You all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch this, watch this, watch this. Um, five and go to Romans five. Go to Romans five and twelve. You all right? I got a lot of like little places here, there, but we'll be all right. Romans five and twelve. You there? You doing good? You doing good? Write these down. Just write them down. We're gonna read them. You like this? You getting it? Romans five. Wherefore, as one man sin entered in Adam, death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You see that right there? That's Adam. Did you get that? Write that down. You write that scripture down. Wherefore, as one man's sin entered into the world, Adam, and death by sin. And so death was passed upon everybody because we, we, we came at Adam. You seeing it? Now watch this. God's like, great. Now I got, see, righteousness got you out of the position of where you were. Come on, come on, come on. Righteousness got you out of that body of sin. He got you in a new body. Got you out of Adam. Put you in a new covenant. You got it in this new covenant. We'll talk about it in Hebrews. He said, I got a better covenant. The old covenant was blood and shed of blood of bulls and goats with only what? Would only remit sin for a time. But until what? Sin was taken away. Jesus once and for all went into Holy of Holies and brought his blood and brought it and put it on the throne of grace. Amen? Come on. So we got it now. Now watch it. You're going to see it. Watch this. For that all had what? Sin. Did you sin? We weren't even here, man. How we sin? Adam sinned, put it on this whole generation. Got it? Man, can, you, can I give you a miracle right now? Can I give you a miracle? You didn't have nothing to do with the sin, but you were still a partaker of it. Guess what, geniuses we are? We didn't do nothing with the righteousness. Just become a partaker of it. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got to overcomplicate. We ain't got to be no genius in our mind. I want, yo, I wasn't there when I, I would have smacked that joker in the head. How about you? Adam over there eating a piece of fruit. Like, ding dong, what are you doing? Now because of you, we're all doomed and dead. Jesus went up on a cross. I wasn't there either. I would have been cheering him on. Adam would have been going to get that fruit. I would have been punching him in the back of the head. Come on, Jerry, right? Somebody would have tackled that joker. I'd be like, Evan, tackle him. Don't not let him eat that fruit. This guy's crazy. He ain't listening to God. Come on, right? Are you with me? Did you pull this in? Did you get this? You understand what I'm saying? Wouldn't you have stopped him? Thank you. Jesus, if we were there and we were watching Jesus and we knew what Jesus was doing, we would have been like, praise God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We would have been cheering him on. I mean, it would have been kind of bad, but, I, you know, we knew what he's doing. We'd be like, yeah, yeah, do it. We need you, God. If you don't do it, we're doomed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Right? Come on, right? 
But guess what? I got news for you. I wasn't there when Adam jacked everything up, and I wasn't there when Jesus fixed everything. I didn't have nothing to do with the sin. I didn't have nothing to do with the righteousness. If I got labeled with the sin, why can't I get labeled with the righteousness? It's how you get in. What are you? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Imputed means I was put in me. For unto the law, sin, look at this, for unto the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there was no law. Until they seen the law, they didn't even know they had sin. Keep going. Watch this. Nevertheless, death reigned. See it? Death reigned from where? Adam to Moses over them that had not sinned, and after the similitude of Adam's transgression, that's everybody, who was in the figure of him that was to come. That's mankind. Everybody got sin. Watch, I'm going to prove it to you. 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense, you with me? Now watch it, watch it, that if through the offense of Adam, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abound unto many. Many who? Many that believe. How you get it? You believe, you receive. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. And not as that what? And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one the condemnation, but the free gift is many what? Offenses on the justification, just as if you never sinned. That's the only way God can get you in this thing. He had to make you sinless. You got eternal redemption. You know what I'm saying? Got it? You sinless. To me, sinless, man. I act like a goober. Yeah, but that's just, let me explain something to you. Your, your DNA is sinless. Your character might be not caught up to the DNA in which you've been made. That's why he gave you forgiveness. God, listen to me. You ain't never heard this a day in your life. Maybe you have, but I'm going to tell you. It's the God's honest truth. Maybe nobody want to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. God did not give you repentance for acceptance. He gave you repentance for consciousness. He ain't worried about accepting you. He already accepted you. He's spotless once and for all. Un, 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 you know what he said? You're unreprovable, unblameable in, uh, in his sight. God, you accepted by God. Now, you, we do goofy stuff because our character hasn't caught up. Our mind not being renewed to what we've been made sometimes allows us to yield ourselves over to what we should not yield ourselves over to. But you still have the righteousness of God in Christ. The only reason why I think we got 1 John 1 and 9 is so we could get our conscience back into what we've been created. You know what I'm saying? Now, can you be sinless? Absolutely. Because Jesus told you where it is. It's your mouth. He said, and for every man offends, he said, here's where a man offends with his mouth. Remember James? He said, you could be sinless, and you sinless in spirit, you could be spotless. You know how you do it? It's your mouth. Because where your mouth goes, your body goes. So just keep your mouth right. Just don't say nothing. Look, I could be sinless all day tomorrow. I ain't just going to say nothing. That's what happens. Your mouth gets you off track. You say stupid stuff, and next thing you know, you say something now, oh, great, look at this nonsense came out my mouth. So watch your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Don't say it. It costs you too much, okay? Because that's the only thing that happens. You sign Well, where's death in life? Where's blessing and cursing? Don't link, don't link up with the curse, and don't, don't link up with the death. Just speak life and blessing. You're going to roll all day tomorrow. You're going to roll all day tomorrow. You'll be rolling in it. And God's like, well, you've already been accepted. How in the world is he going to save me if he didn't already accept me? And what, by the way, what's your sin going to do with the blood of Jesus when it shows up? It's going to bow its knee, man. This is the pure in snow. Come on, look at it right here. Not as, watch, for if one man's offense, Adam, 
Death reigned by Adam. Much more they which received the abundance of grace. Woo, you've been underlining that. Abundance of grace. It's all grace. Grace, man. Unmerited favor, ability in me, allow me with grace. And what? And the gift of righteousness shall reign by one Jesus Christ. Now, reign means reign like a king. You understand that? Reign like a king. You can even look at the next verse, and we just leave it alone for a minute. Therefore, as by the offense of one, the judgment came unto all men to... Woo, that's Adam. Everybody say Adam. That's Adam. Here comes Jesus. Even so, the righteousness of what? The free gift from Jesus came upon all men under justification of life. Not justification for a minute, forever. See, that's you. Just live up to your, live up to your label. Come on, you got to live up to the label. He put it on you. Look, you can keep going. You go all the way to like, just keep going. Keep going. Let him read it. Look, man, I'm going to tell you what, because when you get to, you're going to even get, go, we go all the way to 21. They're going to love it. For as one man's, this Adam, everybody say Adam. He was the one man's disobedient. Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one Jesus, we were made righteous. Don't you like Wednesday night? It's cool, right? You see it? I'm confirming what you've been reading. Because you ain't going to believe it about you. But I'm telling you it's about you. And now you believe it about you. Because I'm confirming what you thought about you. And I got Bible to prove it about you. And I don't care what Aunt Mary says. She don't know Jack. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying what I just said? People say, well, you know, you ain't good. You know what I mean? Don't listen to none of that nonsense. I'm the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Who do you think you are? I don't know. I think I'm the righteous God in Christ Jesus. Who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? People try to label you. You ain't no God and good Christian. What kind of Christian are you? I'm a top. I'm a grade A filet mignon. Come on, man. What's the matter with you guys? Stop living beneath what God made you. God made you this. My character stinks. No, duh. That's why your character needs to catch up. And your character catches up through revelation and the renewing of the mind. So that's why you renew your mind. You see, well, you acted like a sinner. Well, who didn't? You get saved, you'll go act like a sinner. You ever see people coming to church? They don't know no better. They get saved and they go act like the world. And they go, why are you acting like the world? They ain't never renewed their mind yet. Once you renew your mind, what do you learn? I got power over sin. Sin ain't got no power over me. You understand know this? People been, you know, uh, addiction. You got power over addiction. You ain't got to be addicted to nothing. My flesh. Tell your flesh shut up. You know what I'm saying? It'll shut up. You got power over it. He said, the only thing that has power over you, why don't people got problems? They yield themselves to the thing. If you don't yield to it, it's got to yield to you. I'm going to tell you right now, you can, you can overcome anything. All you got to do is make sure you yield to Jesus first, okay? That's the story in itself. We've got like 15 minutes. Let's go. For as by one man, watch this. Let's read this together. Because when they go to 20, 21 is going to unlock it, but they got to read about the law. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, were many made sinners. And by Jesus' obedience, one shall be made. God, who made you righteous? How are you going to undo what Jesus did, bro? How are you going to go to heaven and tell Jesus, man, I'm a great A sinner? He's going to look at you and say, I made you righteous. Hush your mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and one of the crazy part, people out there sinning, trying to, you want to know what they're doing? They're trying to rub off what God put on them because their inside's chaos. Do you know that? 
That's why people run after sin. The inside's chaos, and they understand they're outside. They can't catch up. Their consciousness has not caught up to what they've been created, and therefore they run after what their consciousness says they are. But that's why you can't let you tell you who you are. you got to let the Word of God tell you who you are. That's what you do. You say, ah, that's what the Bible said. Okay, watch this. Watch this, 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. You know what that means? He showed you the law to show you how bad we were. But then he got rid of the law. But we're sin abound, grace much more dear abound. What did he do? He got it away with it. Watch 21. That is sin. You better get this. Sin hath reigned unto death. Even so might grace reign through righteousness. Now you better get that. See, the level of the righteousness you know you are is the level grace will kick in for you. The grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see that? You got to let that right. I'm righteous. It's my position. Just take it. Now, when you take it, guess what you do? You put a demand on grace. I ain't, I'm not standing in my strength. I'm standing in righteousness, and righteousness will kick in grace. Grace is on my, his ability in me allowing me to do what I could not do by myself. Did you get that? That's what it is. Grace is God's ability in you allowing you to do what you could not do by yourself. Because I can't do this. Nobody can do this by themselves. Are you kidding me? Did you, did you pull that in? So now, can we go? Now, let's go back to Romans 4, you all right? Let's just look at Romans chapter 4. Okay, look at verse 22, right? Okay, and being well, fully persuaded in 21. Therefore, it was Abraham's faith. Everybody say, Abraham's faith gave him imputed righteousness. Does that make sense? He got, and righteousness imparted into him. Okay, because he believed. Okay, now watch this. When righteousness got imputed to him, it got imputed to us the same way, by faith, by the new birth. Okay, now watch this. Now it was written for his, now watch 23. Now, now see what he's saying? Imputed righteousness. He said, now look, I'm going to tell you right now. This is so good. Now it was not written for his sake. <laughs> the Bible's messing you. The Bible's like smacking us in the head. Ain't it? You're reading it like, oh, yeah, he got imputed righteousness. Oh, yeah, by the way, I didn't just write that for him alone, but it was for you too. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. 24. But for us also. Who's that? The people that read it. To whom it shall be imputed if we believe. Oh, man, jungle, bafra, kalamata, kalabata. Did you read that? I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, was he just talking in tongues? Is he a tongue talker? I'm a tongue talker, water walker, and devil casting out kind of Christian. So are you. You know what I'm saying? You guys, pull, come on, man. Can have fun with me. We got like six minutes or so. I don't know. No, we got more than that. I got like 11 minutes. I don't even know what time it is. I got 11 minutes. But are you with me? Did you see that? Doesn't this make you happy? Somebody, be, some of you got to tell your face you're happy. Smile. Yay. Come on, Kentucky. Laugh. I like it when you laugh. You make me happy. You need to laugh more. Ha, 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 ha. But I told the kids the other day we were riding in school. We're riding in school. The day, people riding next to me must think I'm crazy. I'm like, everybody pray in this car. We go to school. Them jokers are all on their phone. Somebody watch this song, got earbuds in their head. I said, get on, so we praying. Pray. And you know, you have to light with other people, so they watching me. They watching me. I'm like, pray. They're all like, I was like, pray for tongues, bold tongues, loud tongues, pray, tongues. Praying. They're going, and then they fade out. You know, they get, pray. 
You know, sometimes like people were next to me right over there, you know, and looking at me like, what's this guy doing? And then also I, I pray, right? I say, so we get ready and then we do our confession. I'm like, confess to the Lord. And yesterday, the other day, I think it was yesterday, they'll tell me what day it was. I don't know. Yesterday, man, I say, I do my little confession. Thank you, God. We got a covenant. Thank you, God. We got a covenant. Thank you, God. We got the blessing. Thank you, God. We got the blessing. Thank you, God. We got victory over the devil. Thank you, God. We got victory over the devil. And I go like this, straight up in the car. I go, ha, ha, ha. Brother Hagin used to do that. We'd be at Winter Bible Seminar in Chelsea, right? He goes, Jesus said he looks down from heaven and laughs at the devil. It's in Psalms. So he looks down from heaven and laughs at the devil. So I said, ha, and we'd start. You got 7,000 people in the building, and it was dry as toast in there in the beginning. And he'd go, Brother Hagin would go, and we laugh at the devil. Ha, 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 ha. Man, I pulled that in the car, and the motherfucker's like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, boy, these people next to me right now, they must be wondering, what is these people doing? Right? Can you imagine leaning over, you see this crew going, ha, ha, ha. I said, we laugh at the devil. Ha, ha, ha. I said, Jesus laughs at the devil. That dipstick ain't getting over on you. He ain't getting over on you. You pay, you're going to make them pay back everything, time, money, everything you were wasting. You got to pay back. Look at this. Look at this. But it was written also for us. What was written also for us? To whom it shall be imputed. What's that? Righteousness. We got imputed righteousness too. If we believe on him that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, somebody. I believe. You believe? You believe Jesus rose from the dead? You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You believe he died for your sins? You got imputed righteousness. What's that mean? It got put in you. It got put in you. You can't unput what he put in you. You can't undo it. You can't undo it. It's in you. It's in you. I'm righteous. Now, here's the problem. You're walking around not thinking you're righteous. So if he, many of you got saved, he made you the right, made you, made you. Made, hello, you girls are made girls. The boys are made boys. Hello, made you, made you righteous. Didn't, didn't put righteousness on you. He made you. Hello? Hello, you got blue eyes, you got brown eyes. He made those brown eyes, popped them in your head. He made those blue eyes, popped them in your head. You've been made righteous. He popped it in you. You had unrighteous, but he made you. You can't undo what he made you. They're running around acting like, come on, man. No, no, no. I'm the righteous God in Christ Jesus. But I sin. You only sin in your conscience. Your spirit's connected to God for eternity. I'm telling you that right here now. You want to know why I got rid of sin? Man, I'm going to mess you up. You want to know why I got rid of sin once and for all? Because it was the thing that separated you from him. And he ain't never, that second covenant, he wasn't going to be separated from you forever. That's why Jesus had to die the way he died. That's it. It's done. It got no power. Because it took you away from him and nothing's taking you away. Not again. That's why he's saying Jesus up there. He said, I'm getting rid of sin once and for all. Because if sin's the thing that separated, now the only thing that separates you from God is you running away from him. That's it. He took care of sin once. Say, Pastor, you preaching a sloppy gospel. I'm preaching the truth of the gospel. This is the good news, amen. He got rid of sin once and for all. 
for all. Once and for all. Well, I said, your reason sinning, you sin, you got it. You got no conscience of what you've been made. You got an unrenewed mind. That's why you sin. He got rid of sin once and for all. It ain't got no power, and it's got no opportunity to take you away from him. It's been annihilated. He took it and nailed it to a tree. Every ordinance, every sin, and then he washed you with his blood. Why is that? It's perfect spotless blood. Man, you got to put faith in the power of the blood. I'm telling you, man, you got to. That blood washed me clean. That washed you clean. Made you clean, brand new. You a brand new Christian. You know what I'm saying? You new creature in Christ, never been one like you before. He annihilated sin once and for all on the cross, so sin can never separate you again from him. You can't be separated. You, listen to me, church. The believer cannot be separated from God. Can't be. Impossible. Nothing can separate me. He said it. He said nor height nor death. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. 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 You can choose to walk away, but you ain't separating his love from you. No way. So guess what? If you've been accepted, walk in the acceptance you got. See this? This see, righteousness gives me power in my covenant condition. I'm not right. Okay, God, you want to roll with me like this? I'm cool with it. I'm staying in the spot you gave me. Imputed. Did you get that? I love that word. Imputed righteousness. Imputed, made. Somebody say made. Want to see something cool? Go to 2 Peter 1 and 3. You all right with this? Because what, what does 2 Corinthians 1 20 say? says all the promises of God in him are yea and in him and amen. Glory of God. Every promise is yes and amen. You know what I'm saying? That means yes and you can have it. Every promise. According, right just now, 2 Peter 1.3, really good scripture. You got to get these promises. Okay? Because within the promise is contained the power to create the promise. Is that all right? The power's in there. That, that book's alive. The Bible's the only living book. Them words are, those words are alive. Logos is written. Rhema is spoken. Amen? You got it? And when you speak it, it comes alive. That's why you got to ignite it with your tongue. You make it come alive. That's why you got to preach. You got to speak the word of God over your life. You speak it. Speak the word. Just speak the word. I'm telling you, the more, you got to do more talking. You got to call those things that be now. Remember last week I was talking about call. You know what God told me? He said, you got to call it, man. It's out there. You got to call it. You got a dog? Anybody got a dog in here? Dogs are easy. Cats don't do nothing. Don't tell Karen. But cats, they run around. And, and what does a cat do? Cat meow, meow, licks itself. They ain't going to come to you. If you got a cat that comes to you, you're doing good, right? But a dog, what do you do? You call it. Does it come? Yeah, it comes. Might be a little stubborn once in a while. That's like some things out there. They're stubborn. You got to keep calling it. It'll come. There's stuff you need to you need to call healing. If you're sick right now, don't live in denial. You're sick. You're sick. I'm not telling you confess sick, but you don't feel good. Call healing. It'll come. The doctor gave you a report. You don't like the report. Call what you want it to be. Call it. It's out there. He told you, he said, the things you see are temporal, the things you cannot see are eternal. You know what he even said? He said everything you see right here was what? At one time, eternal, and now came into this temporal, and it was made of things that were not seen. What did he say? He said, God said, the things you see were made of the things you could not see. And now when they came into the seen realm, now you see them. And now they become temporal. But the things that are unseen are in another realm. You got to go call it from a different realm. It'll come to you. Where is it? It's in the realm of faith. It's in the spirit realm, and you got to go call it. 
Well, where in the world is it? I don't know. It's in a heavenly position, but it's in you, and you can call it. You call it. You tell it to come. You command it. You command the blessing. It'll hear you. It'll obey you. It'll obey you. Ephesians 1, 3 said all spiritual blessings, right, in you, but it'll obey you. Because some stuff, let me tell you something right now, it's in the atmosphere. It's within you, and there's stuff outside of you. I don't know how it all works. I don't really care. And if anybody tells you that they know how to do it, they're lying. How are you going to figure this out? Some of this stuff's a mystery. Where is it? It's in eternity. That's where it really is. And God, God's in the now, and you got to get things in eternity to come into your now. How do you do it? With faith. Faith is now. Pulls it in there on the realm and pulls it through. I'm going to tell you what, Sunday come. I talk about, because see, that's what, that's what this thing does. It reaches within the veil and pulls the blessings in from the glory. It's in the glory, man. It is. The word of God will anchor it in. I'll show it to you. According, now get this, you got to get these two scriptures, right? I don't care. And listen to me, let me, let me save you 20 years of problems. I, I'm going to tell you, I could save you 30. You young people, you better pay attention to me. I'm telling you, I tried to get around this as hard as you can. You cannot get around this. You got to just go right into the word, man. It ain't going to change. Nothing in your life is going to change. You're going to be, you're going to, um, listen to me, please, I love you. I tell you the truth every single time I stand behind this pulpit. You are not going to change nothing until you figure this stuff out. You got to go to the word. Nothing changes. It just stays stagnant, status quo. Nothing changes until you start standing on the word of God. And you got to find those scriptures and you got to bury them in your heart. You got to become one with them and they will overtake your garden of your heart and they will actually be, you got to change your dirt. Your dirt's jacked up. I'm telling you, listen to me, all our dirt is jacked up. We got seeds in there we need to get rid of. We got ideas that came from I don't know where. Jesus said you get new seeds, you put them in here, I'll uproot those stinking trees, and I'll tell you, you can play. Some of them trees you got were words spoken over you. Maybe grandma said, mama said, daddy said. Some people didn't get kind stuff spoken over you. I don't know, but you got to get new seed to uproot bad, bad trees. But you can do it. Them new trees will come in there. Them new seeds will come in there. And see, I told you what happened at Orange Tree. I got oranges now. I should take a picture of this thing. The thing was dead. I don't know nothing about this stuff. I, if, if I had, a, I ain't got no green thumb. I got none of this. Thing was dying. It was dead. And I said, look at that. And that little tree, this little, little stick, was growing up right next to this dead tree. And I liked the tree, but I was like, man, I don't want to do. It. I just left it alone. For some reason, I said, leave it alone. Boy, I went back there about six months later, and I went back. I said, look at that son of a gun. That tree was growing, and that dead thing was there. I went back, I don't know, maybe like a year it took, there was a new tree. There was a brand new tree. It was like a spiritual revelation. I had to get it. I got a brand new tree growing out of this thing. It was dead. It was like a dead stump, and then out of the side grew this new, this new like stick, but it was coming a tree. I got a tree trunk right now, this big. You know what I did one day? Mr. you love it. I went over there, and I kicked the dead part. The dead part fell off, and the new thing, I said, son of a gun. That's how he uproots them trees. He puts a seed right next to that bad tree. I bet you this is what it looks like in your heart. You got this wrong idea, this wrong opinion about yourself, this wrong way you see you, the wrong, you got all this goofiness, I, I'm a loser, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a this. And he just gets new seed, put it right next to that thing. And while you keep thinking this nonsense, this tree, until that tree overpowers the other one and kills it, it snuffs it out. And one day we're going to come by and just kick over the dead tree and let that new tree come up. And the next thing you know, you're going to have fruit hanging off. I got fruit hanging off that tree right now. You can pick it and eat it. How did it happen? He put new seed by an old tree. And he said, I need something new to grow out of here. He gave you new seed. How do you get it right here? Come on, watch this. According as the divine power had given us all things. All things. That pertaining to life and the godliness through the knowledge of him that called us in the glory and virtue. Watch this. Next verse. 
Whereby are given, this is how he did it. This is how he did it. Whereby are given unto us what? Exceeding precious promises. Bible, scriptures. That by these, that by these scriptures, you might be a partaker of a divine nature. There's divinity in that book. Divine, supernatural power in that book, in them pages. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Whereby given unto us what? Exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these promises, you could be become a partaker of a divine nature. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What did he do? He took that book and put it in him. He's a walking, living word. Amen. When you take that word and you put it in your heart and you leave it in, you become a walking, living word. Amen. And just like Jesus was the word became flesh, you become the word became flesh in the earth. And when we squeeze you, the word comes out of you. And when we push on you, the word comes out. And when hell shows up, the word comes out of you. Jesus said what? It is written. Let me tell you something right here now. You want to know what that whole story was about? Covenant. He said, what did he say? First thing he said. He said this. He said, hey. He said, hey. He said, if you are, he's challenging his identity and his covenant position. If you are the son of God, turn. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. He was the living word. He was the living bread. That's why he said in John 6, he said, eat my body, drink my blood. They say, you crazy, bro. Eat your body, drink your blood. He said, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. He's talking about covenant agreement. They walked away. He said, Peter, you're going to leave too? He said, where are you going to go? Got the words of eternal life. He was talking covenant. He said, if you can't eat my body and drink, that's what he's trying to tell us. When Satan tried to trick him and say, go do side tricks with this anointing of yours, he said, you can go take a walk, bro, because man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. What was he saying? I am the living bread. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.